Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the latest edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice. This is episode number 172. Uh, yeah, talking about your Toronto Blue Jays here at the end of June, headed into July. Not much has changed since last we spoke, um, other than the fact that, I don't know, they... Uh, I don't know, they won some games and they lost some games. That's kind of how things are going to go. But there, there's lots actually to talk about. I shouldn't be so dismissive. And uh, and so we're going to do that. I am going to do that. And uh, we, the we is, of course, uh, joining me as always. It's Santiago Espinal. Oh, Santiago Espinal. Good to meet you, sir. Uh, Mr. James Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. The uh, The sale is on. Let's go. Let's get some prospects. Um, yeah, that, that the Blue Jays traded Steve Pierce not long before we uh, took to the airwaves here tonight, which is very exciting because if you could trade Steve Pierce right now, you could trade anybody at any time. I think that is that much is clear. I think, um, that's, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, Pierce has had a nice, you know, eighty-six plate appearances when he's been healthy this year. But yeah, I mean, yeah. God bless Dave Dombrowski. He knows Steve Pierce's name, so <laughs> over he comes. Uh. Yeah, you, I mean, I guess uh, the deal is very fresh. The pieces are still coming together. Uh, well, I, other than there are the pieces, uh, Santiago Espinal, who's like a top 10 prospect for the Red Sox, no, maybe? No, no. No? Less <laughs> no. than that? Oh, yeah. Uh, nobody had him top 10. MLB Pipeline didn't have him in the top 30. Uh, well, the intriguing thing about Espinal, uh, which is a thing that I've written about a little bit right now but haven't uh, haven't filed yet, uh, is that he's one of these guys who changed his approach this year. He's a, a slight, a diminutive man, as the, all the mm. uh, as all the scouting reports seem to say. Uh, but this year, his ground ball rate has gone way down, and he's hit a few homers. He's showed some power. He's showed he's you know followed the trend of keep it off the carpet, uh, and seems to have had a little bit more success with his bat. Uh, than in previous years because he's a guy who I mean I don't want to talk up too much the guy that's coming back for Steve Pierce because I mean the Red Sox aren't throwing great prospects anybody's way for that but but there are things that make Espinel uh, a little bit intriguing I guess and, and that is uh, the fact that you know that thing with the change with the approach and also everybody seems to think that he's a guy who could probably uh, stick at shortstop he's got a, a good arm and, and is athletic and uh, you know, even if the bat thing sort of disappears, maybe he's a glove first guy. He's, I, I mean, I'm just basing this on, you know, what I've rushed to read in the aftermath of this deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're going to get a lottery ticket, you, you've at least gotten yourself a lottery ticket with some things that you can kind of kind of dream on a little bit. It's not the, it's not the, oh, he throws 99, but has cannot find the plate or, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It seems like there could be something there. Now he's a little bit older, I guess, for his level. I think that was maybe sort of thing that jumped out to me. Yeah, he's like twenty three, playing high A. That's, he's that's, playing in Salem. That's averageish. It's definitely not young for his level, but yeah, definitely not young for his level. Maybe that that's fair to say. But this is also, it sounds like, judging by like the kind of fact pattern that we're seeing here, uh, the Blue Jays kicked in some money. Mm-hmm. They included cash considerations, which is to suggest that. This is the guy that they wanted. Mm-hmm. They they maybe zeroed in on him or or the Red Sox. However, the conversation went. This isn't necessarily something that they settled for. When we when we can understand that there is money that changed hands in in addition to the established veteran to the team that cannot hit left handed pitching, mm-hmm. and that's what Steve Pierce's whole thing is. 
right? And, you know, he's been all right uh, against both sides of, uh, you know, both lefties and righties, I think, this year. But we're talking about a tiny sample. Uh, but, yeah, he, you know, that's his reputation as a lefty masher. And, uh, and if Boston can't hit left-handed pitching, then there you go. There's a guy who can help. It's kind of – it's refreshing, I guess, or maybe maybe it doesn't fucking matter. But, you know, the Jays obviously are showing that they're not – bothered by trading in their division a rental player obviously maybe it would be different if it was somebody with a little more term uh it would be you know i think it's it would be a tough pill to swallow for jay's fans if say jay hap pitches uh, a crucial world series win for the yankees uh but you know the front office has to do what's right for the team and if boston's the one who ones who are offering the best you know prospect or the the thing that they want the most uh, I think good on them for doing that, obviously. Uh, and, you know, Boston and the Yankees being so sort of entrenched, uh, not necessarily winning their, you know, only one can win the division, which sucks for them. Uh, you're you're going to get a fucking 100 win wildcard team. Uh, mm. but, but those are perhaps the kind of teams that are uh, more inclined to move big things. I'm thinking, you know, about the Cubs uh, when they won in 2016 trading Torres for, uh, for Chapman. They were in a position where it's like, well, we know we're into the playoffs. We're putting the finishing touches on a roster that's going to get there. It's not like we're taking a gamble on getting there. We're, you know, we're going to give something away in order to uh, uh, knowing that they're going to be part of the playoffs for sure at this point. But but again, we can't <laughs> we we can't like overstate uh, the fact that this is just a Steve Pierce trade. Well, no, it's just that. I, I, even the Jay Happ example for me is it has to be a little bit different. Um, going back to the trading within the division thing, which is sort of taboo. I think I saw someone say this is the, la- the last trade between the Blue Jays and the Red Sox was for John Farrell, uh, who was, of course, the manager of the Blue Jays and then became the manager of the Red Sox and did, in fact, win the World Series before he uh, lost his job at the end of last season. Um, and I think he, he fought cancer twice in the time that he was with the uh, with the Red Sox. But I digress. Even if it's Jay Happ winning a World Series game for the Yankees, that's not going to happen against the Blue Jays. So I think that makes that a little bit easier pill to swallow. The, the idea of if it was a Aaron Sanchez or someone who gets traded, then it's like, oh, and now as a Blue Jays fan, we get to watch Aaron Sanchez beat the Blue Jays up for two more years. That's the one that I'm like, yeah, no, don't do that kind of a trade in the division. But trading a rental for that you know is not going to stick around when your season is about playing for next year – Whatever. I can't I can't imagine getting so bent out of shape over an intra division trade to uh to be dead set against uh, the idea of helping the Red Sox helping your bitter rival. Yeah. To me that's silly. Like you said, make it make the team better. Period. End of story. Yeah, I I think I don't think anybody's out there, you know, with pitchforks at this point, except for the people who will do it no matter what these guys do, you know, literally no matter what move they make. Can you imagine living like that, by the way? I can't. I mean, friend of the show, uh, Dave Burrows, we can just ask him what it's like. <laughs> Dave Burrows, who is such a menace that he is on the record in favor of reclining seats on an airplane. <laughs> he, he, rather than being one of the people who, you know, among us, we are we are the many, not the few. We're, we're all in this together. So leave your seat set up, and then that way we're all dealing with it in the same capacity no mm-hmm. burrows the menace says go ahead recline your seat back break that old lady's legs anyway 
so the first of many trades, the Blue Jays are not you know, not waiting around, and they've traded Steve Pierce. So that's I guess that's a good bit of news. At least uh, it can begin. Um, it, it does ease some the, something of uh, the roster crunch little by little. Now there's potentially a bit more space for a, um, a you know for, to get some at bat bats for Curtis Granderson if possible. Um, just because uh, again, you want that's the kind of guy you want to showcase. Although the the nature of the Pierce trade suggested, what are you showcasing? Like it's Curtis Granderson. Take it or leave. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote a little bit about uh, the Pilar and Grichuk the center field thing today, and and. I threw that in there as I was finishing up the piece and was like, oh, maybe that's more important than I <laughs> that I made it. Because, yeah, I mean, teams know who these guys are. If they're healthy, if they can see them swing a bat, that's probably all that they need. Uh, and also, I don't know, running Granderson out there every day for the next month, is that really going to help him necessarily? I mean, he's, he's bagged some all right numbers so far. Uh, and now they don't, you know, they don't really have to make a move. I mean, I think with Pierce – that's the thing we can't look. I don't think we can look too much on this as like, all right, the floodgates are open. They're going to start selling. It was like, you know, what is he even doing on the fucking roster at this point? Uh, you know, no offense to Steve Pierce, but, but, you know, they had four positions, the three outfield spots in DH and six players for them that were basically at the point of playing every day. I mean, I guess Kendrys Morales is, uh, is hitting well enough that they're going to keep on trucking with him. Uh, he's here for, he's here next year if they don't get rid of him. So, uh, he might be one of those guys who sticks around and is the the mentor veteran uh, guy on this team. Who knows how that's going to work out? But but yeah, it, it you know there just weren't going to be at bats for Pierce and Granderson, and also you were going to be seeing more of Russell Martin at shortstop and third base and shit like that. So uh, you know, Godspeed, Steve Pierce. This is all this is all for the best. I guess maybe the question becomes for those kind of veteran players is what do they want i'm sure that that's a conversation that that goes down at some point uh like steve pierce you want to go play for a winner you want to make uh, some playoff shares you know odds are he's going to say yes but and Gramson as well the you the assumption is that they're going to yeah i'll go for play for a winner yeah or because then maybe again it's like no nah, i'm good here you know I, I, I love to be a blue jay I love to play every fourth day and like bang around on this fucking turf, but uh, you know you never know. Uh, but if the deal, if the right deals out there, they're going to make it. I think it's it's pretty much um, safe to say. Like you said, they're not going to just go open the floodgates and trade everyone for the sake of trading them. Um, Curtis Granderson has such a strong reputation as a great teammate that uh, if it is a Grichik or a, or a Teoscar Hernandez, whomever that could be learning uh, about. Granderson's work ethic and the the way that he uh, goes about his business every day. Then sure, yeah. Again, I'm, I this is every week now. I come on to this podcast that was founded on snark <laughs> and was us, about us being shitty and and just dunking on conventional wisdom every chance we got. And every week I come on the show and be like, maybe it's good to have an old guy around. Uh, surely it's not a reflection of my own fading mortality and uh, <laughs> wonder wonder if I have any kind of relevance relevance left in this world, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. whatever. If if they can, uh, it's nice that they were able able to make a deal for Pierce, and uh, I'm sure there are more to come. Uh, somebody on uh, one of your, your colleague Ken Rosenthal. Weird, weird, <laughs> but yes, technically, <laughs> technically, so the the, uh, the 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 founding ethos of Birds All Day is your colleague Kelly. <laughs> 
you made a comment about uh, Blue Jays relievers that are on the market in John Axford and O and uh, Aaron Loop was another name that was on that list of uh, guys that are out there. So yeah, there's lots of trades yet to come. There's lots of opportunities to uh, to make the next Blue Jays team better or raise the floor if that's even if it's at Triple A and you know whether or not. Uh, Espinal is that a, is that a, I'm not I pronouncing his name know. correctly. He, he is he is not well regarded enough to have uh, a pronunciation guide on his baseball reference page or like a Wikipedia page or anything like that. I saw. I was interested. Um, perhaps I read his name and assumed him to be the uh, an international player. But no, he was drafted. But so he that, was he was out so of that, junior college. He may still have been a uh, uh, an international player who took the young. who took the Jose Bautista route. Interesting. Oh, that's the other thing. Jose Bautista, uh, who is just be- playing his ass off for the Mets. I made some joke on Twitter that that it, it's funny that this happened now and smartly, maybe, by Ross Atkins, in that uh, Jose Bautista is going to corner that re- lefty masher uh, market. Someone's going to they're, they're going to be beating down the doors like, get bring me Bautista. I want Bautista on my team. He's playing like a maniac Fucking for the Mets, right. making great catches, running the bases like a lunatic, walking like every other at bat. It's I don't know what they're doing in the National League that they didn't they don't have any video of videos <laughs> about just getting blown away for the last two years. Bless him, bless them. Having a great year, great year. Congrats, and he'll be back he'll, next week, a week it from is, now. Uh, Jose yeah. Bautista in the house. Uh, that's going to be great. It's nice that he's played well enough for long enough that that's going to, you know, he's going to get to have that moment. Uh, hopefully, I think a lot of people, you know, with the Braves side, and I know that a lot of people, or at least a lot of people on my Twitter feed, were like, "All right, get up!" <laughs> so we're buying tickets. We're going to go see Jose, and then of course, uh, that didn't last very long. But uh, but yeah, he's been, uh, you know, he's been a bright spot on the Mets, which is uh, not easy to do uh, because it's all <laughs> fucking at the bottom of the sea over there. Uh, the Mets, I I was one who, at the beginning of the year, people were like tabbing the Mets as a potential wild card. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? That team looks like shit. Now, I am low in my view of like Jay Bruce and Todd Fraser. Uh, and that has sort of played out that way. But also, they've had some guys who played really well, like Conforto and, uh, to, well, maybe not as much Conforto, but Brandon Nimmo is like a maniac. Uh, and they're, but they're still the Mets. The Metsiness is just so irresistible. But yeah, and, and what it has done for us as Blue Jays fans and Jose Bautista loyalists, it opened the door for Jose and he kicked it in and then walked through. He didn't run, he walked because that's all he's, that's like holding up his entire offensive production this year so far. No. Also, Can't complain. Before, before we move too Can't far, complain. Espinal uh, uh, played high school in Florida. So, uh, yeah, so I, I school Florida. There we go. Not an international player. Well, picking into opinions all day I, I, here. I've seen on, born uh, in Earth. Santiago in the uh, Dominican Republic, but played high school in Florida. So, so we we can all be right. Man contains multitudes. I think we can uh, we can be right about that. Uh, so that the good news is the Steve Pierce trade. I guess if that's good news, uh, the bad the bad news, of course, which is Josh Donaldson. Speaking of trades and guys who should have been traded, mm-hmm. um, with the benefit of hindsight, hindsight, uh, Josh Donaldson. His yeah, it seems is- like doesn't really seem it doesn't seem great, does it? Fucked right into right, I mean, right into a qualifying offer. So he, he <laughs> that he would that 
I there are people who don't want to offer him even a qualifying offer. I think John Morosi said something. Uh, not a ludicrous is the word I want to use, but it's pretty out there to suggest that they don't wouldn't even offer Donaldson a, a qualifying offer. But uh, I mean, it's a soft muscle, it's a soft tissue injury. But like, so for me, I'm like, ah, it's not structural. It's not like a knee or a shoulder or anything blown up. But it's just so recurring and recurrent that it has to be a worry. It's like a cat. He's got to drink water. Stop drinking that Dr. Pepper. Not getting enough nutrients. Yeah. Is that what it is? Just Dr. Pepper all day. (laughs) Uh, He's like a a high school, high school basketball player. I'll never forget. Remember Fred Jones used to play for the Raptors. Fred Jones made, he was on the radio one time. I remember listening and he talked about when he was in high school, he used to eat like a Big Mac (laughs) on the bench before every game. And then he would go out and probably score 50 a night because he was in high school and he was an NBA quality player. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. With Josh Donaldson, man, this is bad news for him. This is like he's, he has significantly, he hasn't. His, his potential career earnings and future earnings have now been significantly um, yeah, hampered by this. Um, he's not helping the team, which I'm sure kills him. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. we don't get to watch him be awesome. And people are, people have so quickly forgotten. Josh Johnson was so underrated. And I've made, I made the joke on here like that. I want, I can't wait for him to come back so we can go back to over like ignoring him and overlooking him. And that's exactly, we've already gone past that. It's like, he's forgotten. Oh yeah. Remember that guy? He's one of the best players to ever wear the uniform. Like won the fucking MVP at like two, eight win years in a row and then five win year in a hundred games. Uh, nope. Don't remember any of that stuff. He's a bum. He's an old carcass dragging ass around. It goes, my old saying, the, the thing I've always said that whatever happens on opening days, what people remember the opening day, looks like a, he looks like a 55 year old man out there who could barely throw it across the infield. And that's what everyone thinks of him now. Dog shit. What a terrible season. Yeah. It's not been great. I'm so mad now. No, uh, the Donaldson thing. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it does. It sucks. I mean, when you think about what we've talked about all season about the, you know, Colin Guerrero up and how, you know, you want to root for these guys to get the most money that they can. And it, when it's a Donaldson and you know that you're going to lose him immediately, you know, I think fans have been uh, maybe a little more reticent to embrace that, but it sucks to see him lose so much earning potential. Right. I mean, uh, that's the risk that he took. That's a risk that the Jays took in uh, trying to, you know, cross their fingers and hope that the Yankees and Red Sox didn't, you know, did, didn't have everything go goddamn perfectly for them, basically, uh, and have a season like this where, it, you know, they they were hoping that there was some, going to be some hope. Uh, and for them, it's not worked out. And for Donaldson, it's been uh, obviously a disaster, too. I mean, he can recoup some value if he comes back and he looks healthy. He can get a trade still, play for a contender. There's still a lot of season left to play. You know, like you say, 100 games, he was worth five wins last year. But a lot of those games uh, – happened in the first half where he was still dog shit. Like he was, I think he was at like 114 weighted runs created plus on like, like July 24th or something like that last year. Like it, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was really August and September where he, he came back and was, you know, the Josh Donaldson that we all remember. Uh, well, <laughs> no, we don't remember. Nobody remembers. Right, Only well, you. My, and my mistake. Me. 
but yeah, so I mean, there's obviously the opportunity, there's a possibility that he comes back and could do that. I mean, we've seen what he could do uh, vaguely somewhere. I, I seem to recall. Um, <laughs> the scrolls, the ancient scrolls, foretell of the greatness of the of, of Josh Donaldson. He is divining rod that he brought up to the plate. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's weird. It's a weird situation for the Jays um, in terms of their ability to move him. And uh, you know, again, Morosi was like super gloom and doom. I heard him on the radio, and I was driving um, yesterday because I had mm-hmm. to go to a nuclear power facility for my job, apparently, which is kind of cool. Um, but then he was talking about, um, oh yeah, yeah, I don't know, uh, you know, his, the, the amount of salary that he's owed, he'll probably get through waivers, and they'll probably try to sneak him through waivers early, and then see if they can make a deal. I'm like, really? Yeah. Josh Donaldson's going to get yeah, through waivers? I think so. Josh Donaldson. Justin. Justin Verlander was traded last That's August. Crazy right? I mean, to me. Donaldson is out. I mean, if he's not even back yet, or if he's not at full speed, I think if you prorate his salary, if you look at like you know, two basically a third of his salary is like you know seven plus million dollars, seven and a half million dollars, right? So, is a team who if he goes on trade waivers like literally the first possible minute, is a team going to be like, well, sure, we'll take him uh, and maybe be on the hook for a guy for like just drop seven million dollars just to hope that he looks like the guy that they want him to look like. I mean, maybe, but I, I would imagine that teams would be more uh, cautious with their money and, and wanting to see him actually come back and look like the Josh Donaldson that we all uh, don't remember, obviously, but, uh, but, but uh, have seen in the, on the ancient, you know, the ancient scrolls and in the, in the uh, cave paintings and shit. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that. Justin, Ver- like, listen, like, let's be honest. So Justin Verlander is always owed like seventy-five million dollars or something crazy like that, and he he was yet to visit Jeffrey Luno's magical steroid island to get all hooked up, back throwing hundred miles an hour again. So <laughs> that's the, that doesn't strain my credulity quite the same as uh, as the idea that. But I mean, I say that, and I'm. Uh, being a little bit facetious, but it, it doesn't seem like the worst idea. But it does, again, maybe I'm, it's hard for me to get my head around the fact that uh, uh, that he is hurt and his injury has hampered his performance. And that information is 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 important to sure, digest. Um, because, and internalize. Because, well, if he's dog shit, you may, yeah, nobody wants to pay $7 million for a guy who, who, Maybe can't play the field anymore because he can't. He's hobbled well, and his been, shoulders it's, all It's been ten down. months since anybody's seen him look like the guy that uh, he should be. Right? I mean, I I would not be surprised if he got through trade waivers at all, and so that gives them, I think, a bit of a reprieve. Perhaps I'm wrong. I'm true. Those are the winter. Well, it's still, not 10 playing months. It's, it's still now three playing months with at least another one still to go. So Fine. Fine. All right. Uh, but yeah, so do you – okay, I guess we'll ask you the million-dollar question then. Do you just offer him a uh, – do you offer him a, a qualifying uh, – if, if, if he's not traded and he still, still is a Blue Jay, is there anything he'll – how bad does he have to be – to, for you to not I, offer him, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a scenario unless, I mean, unless he like literally is 
Tulo and has to go on the fucking anti-gravity machine and, and is just not going to be able to be physically ready to play. <laughs> yeah. I think you offer him the fucking qualifying offer for sure. I, I, you know, I, I have nothing to base this on, but you, you must, one must wonder how much the Jays even want that at this point. You know, they, they, they clearly want Guerrero to be a third baseman that clearly would create uh, a thing there, but also it's just so much easy value, obviously. And uh, it, it just, I think might change their outlook and their plans and, and uh, the, it, it would, uh, it would be, I think uh, it would be a thing for them. Uh, but I, I, you know, even saying that, I mean, how do you not fucking offer him the qualifying offer? And if he takes it, giddy up. Like, that's great. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have to say, here's my, my I'm going to go on the way out on the limb here. Uh, if he doesn't play again this year, I'm probably fair. not going to offer him a qualifying offer. I think uh, my prudence will win, will win out. My, my, my fiduciary concerns would be so great. Um, and then maybe see if you can get it back on some kind of dog shit Mike Mustafa. That's the breath. These are the breath. One minute, like it's <laughs> it's so grim that it's gone from you know Josh Donaldson's one of the three or four best players in all of baseball to being like, wow, really, JD Martinez? That's the kind of company that we're talking of. That seems now it's like eh, Mike Mustakas, Mike Mustakas and Josh Donaldson like the same guy. Which is yeah, fucking terrible. He sure does. Mike Mustakas no, sucks. <laughs> and he plays for the Royals, the most dog shit. Yeah, oh, I, nope, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone that, but the fucking Royals, Royals. will disagree with the with that. Yeah, it's it's it is it's fucking grim the Donaldson thing. I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh it sucks but uh, people get terrified of older guys i mean he's he's 32 right now he's not super old but he'll be 33 and someone was so <laughs> eager to time, correct I remember that. you when i you do remember that age. yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um here's a question that's not really not necessarily related to to josh johnson in particular but there's a lot of talk about the free agent market this offseason and how slow moving it was. And people kept talking about collusion and 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 rightly yeah, probably rightly so. And there was a lot of, you know, not just just the nature of the the the, the speed at which it moved and the, the guys that ended up being extended, the deals that they were extended, and there was a lot of surprise. People thought this ex you know the the baseball viewing market and the online nerds thought these guys would get this much and then end up getting a little bit less. My question, and it's, it's not really fair to ask out of the blue, how many of those guys, how many times has the market been proven, not the market, but have they been proven wrong? Oh, from yeah, it's century? a terrible question. And I, I, I can't think of too many. I mean, J.D. Martinez got his money. like He got a lot of money in the end, and he's been amazing. So maybe the only thing you would say is that like it shouldn't have mm-hmm. taken so long to sign J.D. Martinez. Um, although the Red Sox were probably bidding against themselves. Um, but like Lorenzo mm-hmm. Kane got a lot of money and he's been awesome. And the Brewers are awesome because they tried to get better this year. And lo and behold, they did. And now they're in first place. Uh, but like a lot of the players who 
the industry kind of balked at <laughs> are shit. Yeah, it's a young man's game. When they get to the free agency, you don't want them anymore. Unless uh, it's kind of it's kind of true. So when when the Blue Jays front office was just not even pumping the brakes, like two feet on the brakes, arms extended, gripping the steering wheel like they're about to die, like yeah, on any kind of Josh Donaldson Josh Donaldson extension talk. Um, I hope that I, I mean I hope that they're proven wrong and that he is able to come back and resume being a very 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 good baseball player. But at the same time, it's like ah. Maybe dodge the bullet there. You and I and everybody else were ready to ship him two hundred million bucks. Be like, ah, six years is fine. But now we're now you're we're you know as you said, it's ten months since he was good. I'm going to use your there you go point okay. to uh, to my in my favor this time instead of trying. But uh, I don't know. It's a little scary. It's scary for all those old guys. Get that money when you can. Get yeah, it, get it all. I, yeah. I mean, we watched right. the same thing happen to Jose Bautista, right? I mean, uh, literally the same thing. And uh, Donaldson made the same mistake. I mean, I, well, my understanding from the same person who corrected me about his age was that, the, you know, the, the Jays probably would have done something uh, there that they, you know, I'd li- I think like everything, you know, they have a number that they want to stick to like this was, this goes back to Anthopolis and everybody, you know, that's kind of how a lot of them work with, except for <laughs> fucking Dombrowski bidding against himself. It's like, okay, this is where we'll go. If you were, you know, if you want to do this, we'll do it. If not, there's the door. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, a lot of, we talked about this a lot last, uh, last winter when the free agent market was so slow, you know, there's the, there's all those fucking Cleveland people in all the front offices and everybody kind of thinks the same and has the same valuations. And that's what, uh, you know, Atkins uh, spoke about that a lot last winter as well as, you know, the reason why the, the market didn't move very much. And, uh, you know, it sucks if you're a Donaldson and you're like, well, no, that's way less than I'm worth. Look at what I've been. And they're like, well, well yeah, been like, we got to pay you for what we think you're going to be going forward. And the track record isn't pretty with guys at this point, you know, the farther and farther we get away from, uh, uh, maybe you know, maybe this is not the real. Maybe this isn't true or not. But you know, it seems like the farther you get away from the PED era, and I guess we're kind of far now. But it, it, the guys just break down a lot. I mean, it's probably not yeah. as much that as it is. I mean, not maybe not just the breaking down, but the velocity. That you know, stuff that we've talked about where it's, it's just harder to hang. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, it's harder to hang on the velocity, and it's harder to get the velocity when you are hanging on and or cheating for it. You see fewer fastballs, the ones you see are thrown harder. And you see sliders and everything else, the velocity on those pitches has gone up also. You you see that guy from Driveline, yeah, that yeah. Kyle uh, Bodie or whatever, who's definitely selling something <laughs> all the time. I'll never True. forget that. But, uh, you, you know, the, the game is the game. You know, he's the kind of person, again, because he's selling something, who's very much talking about uh, the, the game is in a great place right now because we're seeing – it's so exciting to see all this velocity, all this bat speed, all this athleticism. And it's true, you, but you need that bat speed. And if you start to, if it starts to go at all, you're, it's just like, well, you're out of mm-hmm. luck. Like there's no, there's no getting around that in the, in the game. I mean, that today, doesn't explain why Donaldson's fucking but, calf uh, can't get healthy, but it's just. Uh, no, but yeah. old, older players get hurt more and they get hurt. And yeah. when they get hurt, they're for longer. Um, you know, you're healthy until you aren't, aren't, and you are, you are injury prone until you're not. Um, 
you know, the example I always go back to is AJ Burnett, who fought that label for a long time and then pitched forever. And then forever. And, and, no, we can't. Um, and then there was, was Brandon Morrow, who, you know, was injury prone and then he wasn't. And then what's, how's he doing this year? <laughs> He's back off the DL, you jerk. He hurt his back putting his pants on. He's an old man. It, it happens. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. No, it does happen. You end up, uh, you watch too much TV, like you you watch too much baseball on TV, and you watch the way the catchers move behind the plate, and you're like, I can do that. I'm not an athlete, but I can still do that and do it for for sometimes five, six innings in in a game. And then you realize that like my leg is sore, my knee is sore. Before it was the muscles, but after like a couple, the extra couple innings in a week makes the actual joint pain be pained. Because I realized that I try to like be all slick behind there, and I look like a fucking idiot. I'm oh, sure. good, um, but I'm fine now. Just takes, takes a couple of days, but just a, definitely a, a bit of like actual knee pain, which I haven't felt. I've been back playing baseball for five years. I've been catching like a couple innings a game of a seven inning game all the whole time, but I caught six innings at, the day after catching four, and then the following week I caught five. And I noticed it. I did not not notice it. <laughs> that much is for sure. Um, also, we I, yeah, we can talk about Russell Martin another time. People are oh, he's no, not no, he does great. No, I think we've talked about that. <laughs> does not look great. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of bat speed, um, let's talk about the Roto Osuna thing. Um, so he got suspended for seventy five games by Major League Baseball. He uh, the word that they repeatedly use as accepted. He accepted the the. The suspension, um, I, got, I don't know if it's pro-dated to his uh, all the administrative leaves, but he won't be back until mm. August the 4th. Well, won't be eligible um, to be back until August the 4th. Uh, eligible to be back on August the 4th. but he is, And he is eligible to uh, do rehab, like not rehab, but to kind of like go and, yeah, I guess it is a rehab, like a conditioning stint. They're, they are permitted in the by the yeah. by the whatever the CBA or the um, the uh, domestic violence and uh, policy as well that they have a, like a sub part of the CBA that mm-hmm. uh, like the joint like the JDA uh, he is allowed to go on in conditioning uh, uh, outings to uh, build up strength and get ready to come back if that is uh, the what's going to happen uh, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen frankly there's been a lot of you know a lot of conjecture. Um, they lots of different things could happen. I don't. I don't think. I think that at, everything is. Excuse me. Everything is definitely still in play for what the Blue yeah. Jays might do next. I mean, obviously. I mean, now we're talking. We're talk, you know, we've we've spoken every time I, to the point where it goes without saying about you know uh, the seriousness of the issue. It's just it's you know it's weird to just dive right into maybe. Oh, what does this mean for the team? And what you know, because there's obviously bigger things at work here, and it's uh, uh, and yet. You know, it, it's a thing that the team is going to have to have to deal with. You know, in a in a way that they haven't really yet. You know, they've just been able to sit on the sidelines and, and wait for the process to play out. But at some point, they're going to have to make uh, you know a, a difficult decisions, uh, difficult one way or the other. Uh, one hopes if they're if they're humans. You know, I mean, because the decision to bring them back and have them wear the uniform again is going to be a that would fucking well better be a difficult decision. Uh, and I think it would be one that would be, you know, like we've always said, unfair to a lot of people and not cool and not a thing that 
think a lot of people want to see. But uh, but you know that yeah, like you say, that time is coming. I mean, he's not going to be. It it, it could be interesting from the you know this perspective, like uh, whether a team will. Uh, look to acquire him before the trade deadline. I mean, he's a guy, you know, we, like I said <laughs> about Donaldson, I think it's a different situation. I think, you know, I, I would think that a team would be comfortable just being like, all right, you know, if they were comfortable with the, with taking on a person who, you know, has a pending charge for, for assaulting his, uh, uh, his lady friend or whichever, I, I, you know, whatever the correct term for their relationship is slash was or whatever. Um, you know, if they're okay with that, I mean, are they going to be okay? Maybe I, I, I could see teams being okay with, you know, all right, he can't play until August 4th, but that, you know, we feel that he's going to come back and be the guy that he always was on the field. Uh, so maybe the Blue Jays uh, do trade him before the deadline. I think that uh, there was a piece this week by Jeff Blair talking about how he was the, he was a guy that before any of this, they were thinking about moving. They, they uh, He mentioned... I mean, who, who the hell knows sometimes with Jeff, but uh, he mentioned like they don't care. They didn't care for the fact that uh, his offseason trading regimen was in, uh, he stayed in Mexico. He didn't move to, to the Tampa, Dunedin area, and, and uh, were maybe unhappy with uh, some of his offseason habits. Um, and that not just for that reason, but for the fact, you know, the, the very obvious baseball reasons is that, you know, the closer is a luxury and he's a, uh, a guy with, uh, you know, a lot of uh, strictly baseball-related uh, positives in terms of the contract, in terms of performance and all that. It is a guy who would, who would net them uh, a, a great return uh, before any of this happened and, and uh, still probably will and still, you know, perhaps will enough to uh, to make the Jays just say, okay, let's, uh, let's have this go away. But I, I, I'm rambling here, but you wrote, uh, you wrote an excellent piece about this. Well, I have a one. Oh, th- well, thank you. But, I, but I want, let, p- before we get into that, well, if what Blair said is true, that's <laughs> fucked up. If if what if Blair, if it's true, if someone within the organization told Blair, Jeff Blair of the of Roger Sportsnet, that the team is disappointed that he he stayed in Mexico, his home during the off season, rather than doing what a lot of the players do, move closer to the facility, do this. They do know what the fuck is going on in that country right now, don't they? They do know that like maybe a 23-year-old Mexican guy doesn't want to go and live in the United States? Like, are they not able to fucking grasp that? That it's probably not comfortable for him to be there? Well, all the shit that he's done, notwithstanding. Why the fuck would he subject himself to that that's, kind that's, of garbage if he doesn't entirely, have to? That's entirely fair. I, I you know, that. I'm looking at the piece right now, trying to find the passage, but it, I, I think it was about about you know conditioning, and they were worried about when he was away from the eye. But but yes, you're no, you're, I mean you're obviously absolutely sure. right. I mean that's we could we could go on that tangent for sure. Not everyone's going to be nobody. Not everyone's going to be Roy Halladay, right? Not everyone's going to move ten minutes from the facility and then get traded to a team that's. 15 minutes further away from his the same house and show up every day at five o'clock in the morning to run. Not everyone's going to be that. And the expectation that every player does that is not a fair expectation. You can hope that the players are going to dedicate themselves to get better and to improve for their own well-being. If it's intrinsic motivation or if it's the, the, the carrot that is the great riches that await them, but, but to, 
from that from that to be like going above and beyond being an expectation a baseline that then when a player doesn't meet your imaginary baseline you're going to hold it against him and you're going to try to dump him sure maybe you want to talk about maybe he his his fitness isn't where you need it to be but man that's just so fucked up like yes you pay these guys lots of money but to me we're it's going down in a really slip it's going down a really dark road a lot of the the things you're seeing and you're seeing it in other sports and they're talking about like all the psychometrics and the way that they grill these guys at the end the head of the nba draft and the nfl draft and trying to figure out who they are and how they're wired like man just let them be. They're, they're still their own person, right? You don't, the, the things that's going on in their head is not proprietary information for your baseball team to extract. Anyway, the Josh, the thing that I, 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 I wrote something about this for Vice, and, and I read John Lott's piece uh, actually today or the other day. Uh, that I think they both came out on uh, uh, Tuesday, whenever. And the, he and I seemed like we both keyed on the same thing. And the Blue Jays have spent a lot of time talking about what, about their values and the statements that they've made uh, it's, through this entire Roberto Osuna thing have been a lot about values. These don't re- they don't reflect the values of our team, um, and they have been unapologetic um, and not being like uh, you know they haven't gone out of their way in any way to say that they support Roberto Osuna uh, through this. They just say like the chart we you know we understand the charges, we believe the charges, we. You know, he's not not to say so much that he's on his own, but they haven't they haven't thrown their support blindly behind him, which is admirable, and that is a, definitely a step in the right direction for any of those things. But their values and the way they value Roberto Osuna, one of those things is going to win out, and and whether or not they they are comfortable with getting less than what they perceive his value to be. Uh, that that to me will be indicative of that the team's values and the front office's values and the organization's values and the corporation's values and the, that how it's reflected in the shareholders and the board and all the people all the way down. If they're willing to take a hit on his value for their values, to me that's when it's not just talk. And and I'm I I, I don't know what I'm rooting for in this situation. Uh, I. A lot of people um, who have more um, at stake and who have more uh, – their own personal stakes are higher in a situation like this. I've definitely come out and said that they don't want to see him play for the Blue Jays anymore, and I can only respect that. I don't know that I have a, a strong opinion either way, um, but it will be, it's really, it'll be really telling, and it's going to be really telling to see how the Blue Jays work through this. And it'll be really telling to see which team is going to be there if the Blue Jays decide they do want to make a trade, or if, or if they're just not going to even bother with that and just be like, you know what, you know, maybe maybe our time together has uh, has finished. Um, it, but I think a lot of people are watching, and especially just because of the nature of the statements that they have been making all along this process, um, it will be really interesting to, for me and really telling to see which of those two values wins out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. Seventy-five games is a long time, and and then John Lott's piece actually, there he made references to the fact that there is video. There yeah, is a video. As soon as lawyer, uh, according to Rick Westhead so. of the of TSN, said that as soon as mm-hmm. lawyer admitted that there was a lobby video, which which is probably not good. Probably not a good video. Otherwise, it's seventy-five games and all the way all this is, has uh, has has played out. Suggest that video is probably pretty damning. 
And uh, not that not that the statements weren't, but that video is always going to carry a lot of weight in uh, today. People hate to see that shit more than they yeah. hate to hear about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh... And you know why you can tell? And again, the the nature of the the Luke Heimlich thing. Nobody nobody had to see that. Nobody's seen it. All they know is the story that they're happy to poke holes in, and and said like that just the whole that whole situation with the royals is just so insane and the way that people have not even necessarily come to bat for the for him for this player this guy that that plays for whatever oklahoma state but the team that for dayton moore (laughs) just a a fucking ass making an ass of himself embarrassing himself just saying anything he can to provide or, or just to basically just floating it out there, seeing what's the PR going to be like if, if we decide to go down this road. It's pretty, uh, it's grim. Grim is the word that we've been using a lot and I'm going to use it again. It's yeah. been a grim week. Uh, on, on this front, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, I mean, it's... On every front. It's a grim, it's a grim week all around. That's true. Is, yeah. a, is, a, is a never-ending nightmare. Um, I, I, I know so Randall Gretchen never, made a nice we, catch. We never wake, so... You know what? <laughs> Randall Gritchick did make a nice catch. And a guy in Houston made a nice sign that said, like, you robbed me, Randall Gritchick, which was very clever. He's a Texas guy. Made him very happy, I'm sure, to um, – that was Caitlin McGrath mm-hmm. uh, of The Athletic was down there in Houston. The second ballpark I saw her I saw her post today, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, Randall Gritchick's playing well. He played center field when he made that great catch, which uh, we sort of touched on a little bit. But uh, it's just nice to see him hitting. Nice to see him hitting and nice to see him playing the field in a way that um, – I mean, I don't think he's a, probably not a great center fielder. Probably not a good a center fielder as Kevin Pillar, but he's also uh, – Yeah. Not well, I mean, I wrote about this Pilar a little bit. He was, I mean, he played mostly in center in 2016 for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, the metrics are kind of a wash. I mean, uh, the stat cast data – Liked him okay. Uh, I, you know, he was I, I think a like a, a hair above average as a center fielder that year, and, and hasn't really lost much speed since then. And uh, Pilar obviously, uh, Pilar is not as good as he was then. And I think that uh, that you know when you look at what Pilar has done this year compared to Gritchick in twenty sixteen, uh, they're not as different as their reputations would I think suggest, which is basically the conclusion I came to. And then uh, then there is the matter of the fact that one guy is hitting and one guy cannot hit and never could hit except for those few times when he did. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Oh, Ryan Barucki. That's the other thing I've made a note here. We could talk about him. He made his big league debut, which is nice. And he pitched um, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Done a dance between I mean, the raindrops were a little bit. About but... It, but there was some hard contact in that game. And there was some, you know, some threatening moments that sputtered for the Astros, and uh, you know it may not have may not have gone as well for Baraki, but it was nice that it did. And you know I think you know he showed that he can get big league hitters out, and showed a lot of good qualities and things that uh, uh, that make him still an interesting and uh, you know maybe maybe exciting as a as a stretch, but uh, uh, a guy who can uh, can perhaps help the Blue Jays, and who more importantly probably you know needs a rotation spot, needs to for half a season just to see what he what he could do and to see where he goes when you know when guys see him more when uh you know when he gets you know 
talking to when he gets to the big league level, when he becomes a big leaguer, where, where he can take what he does right now and and uh, and improve himself. Right. I mean, I think that the, we've seen. Mm. You know, lots of pitchers come up and and the repertoire changes. They they add a, they add something. They they figure things out and, and and look a little bit different. So I think there's there's probably a good foundation there. Hopefully there is. And uh, you know, yeah, he looked like he could be. I mean, he looked like he'd be okay. Back end starter. I think you know. I don't. I, I don't know that we need Everybody- to get super excited. No, I don't think that maybe – I think super, not getting super excited is probably wise. Um, but as we've mentioned a hundred times, on the, every team needs like a Joe Saunders. Every team needs like a – you know, every every team needs a, a, a number four and number five starter. If you have, a, if you have, a, a, if you have a, a fifth starter who's good for a fifth starter, you're still so far ahead of the game. If you have a guy that you know you can send out there 30 times and he's not necessarily going to get his brains beat in every time or he's not going to last two innings, he might just – do pitch five or six and give up four runs uh, or R. three R. runs Dickey, every right? three yeah. four runs every time out. But if he's healthy, all right, Dickie, yeah, just soak soak up those innings, soak them up. And I know a guy who's doesn't blow the the radar gun into a million pieces and doesn't have the crazy stuff, but somebody's going to cheat it around and use his um, use his command. Uh, it'll be great. And again, he yeah he he. Uh, it was a little dangerous the way he was living against that Astros lineup, but he did hold that Astros lineup yeah. off the off the board more or less for uh, for those for those six innings or whatever it was. So can't really complain. Do you want to talk real quick about the Astros? Yeah, uh, man, they're, they're a little good. relentless Holy that lineup, shit. and they they could pitch a bit also. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's just so many. Yeah, no, I mean, and the the Blue Jays hung well with them all week. I thought you know, and, and it was uh, that was encouraging. I mean, you're kind of absolutely. It, it, Next year has come too soon because they don't have Josh Donaldson and have an all fucking year, uh, except that they also don't have Vlad and Bo and whoever else might end up coming up from the farm. But if the if this team with the, you know I mean it's three games you can't read too much into it, but it it was good to see a team that uh, that has a lot of pieces that are going to probably be here next year. You know Grichik and and Teoscar Hernandez and Devin Travis and perhaps Solarte stays, perhaps Smoke stays and. Uh, you know, it, it gave you a hope that it might not be entirely fucking abysmal all season next year, especially when you start adding in some of those other more exciting guys. Uh, so that was sort of heartening. Uh, but yeah, the Astros are really good. Obviously, in the end, uh, the Blue Jays couldn't couldn't keep up. Do you know who really impressed me? And if I'm a, a, a contending team and I'm unsure about what I'm going to get, uh, I thought Jay Happ pitched really well against the Astros, and I don't know that his final line will mm-hmm. necessarily um, support that. But there, you know, they the Astros took some insanely close pitches uh, from him. The both the the first two times um, through the through the order, uh, just like crazy tough at bats. Uh, really close pitches that could have gone either way, and but he stuck. He just like stuck with it, and and he he. Um, I don't know. I just was to me. It was a, it was just a really a good. I mean, he he well, he he got the win. He pitched seven. And he gave up three runs. You know, I'm looking at his line now. Obviously, uh, four strikeouts, two walks. But I think he even pitched a little bit better than that because the first couple innings again, he was not getting a lot of calls, but he was staying with it and still banging those those spots and putting. You know, the Astros are 
such good hitters that they know they're not going to swing in those pitches because they can't do anything with them anyway. Um, but it was uh, it was just really impressive. And if I'm the Yankees, I know I'm going to probably have to face that Astros lineup again sometime. Um, if I'm watching that start, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Whatever they want. I'll pay any price. Justin Sheffield, Clint Frazier, Jordan Montgomery, whomever it is. I don't think that Jordan Montgomery is going to be not a thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 if I'm a contender, if it's, if it's the Yankees or the whoever else or not the Yankees, I, I take a lot away from that. It was uh, it was fun to watch, and even though that yeah those Astros are, are are good in the chase, yeah they hung tight. They almost had them yesterday. And when I, I speaking of Texans, Ooh. Ryan Tapera got got yeah. by Alec Bregman, and I guess they trained together yeah, that, in the off season or something. They're like buddies. <laughs> For, don't like Bregman. I think Pat and Buck were talking about that, and it, it reminds me that when you admitted you were looking at Jay Hap's line, I was like, yeah, I, you know who I would like to do that is when fucking. Tabler just starts reading the fucking sheet in front of him, like he's reciting details he knows. And I said, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Acknowledge that you're just reading. It's like, oh, thanks, Pat. You're just you told us where he was drafted and what high school he went to and and his batting average last year. Like, oh, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's awkward. I, yeah. Well, there was one one of the one of the World Cup announcers actually did that was was reciting some of those numbers, but then immediately like shouted out the staff like oh you know the crack research team and the production staff that put together these intricate notes for us and like yeah took a moment of his own time which uh because it wasn't for uh, places like fan graphs and baseball reference we wouldn't we'd be just here (laughs) playing with pretty much i don't know uh i don't know anything else we didn't spend a lot of time okay mark stroman's back that's good uh, too. more like himself didn't look perfect but uh, I think an encouraging start for him, so that's good. You know, they're going to need. Yeah, they don't think that's the guy they're going to move, but who knows what's going to? Who knows what goes on in the minds of these people? They're going to be opportunistic, right? So, I, yeah, that's true. Well, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Marco Estrada. Uh, he has, you know, continually continuing to raise his his um, his trade profile pitching well uh you know ben innocent and uh jd punk as i was the guy some of the guys i was listening to in the radio talking about his mm-hmm. um his big game bona fides that he uh he's pitched really well in big games um against again again he went six he only went five against the astros gave up four runs i'm gonna i'm looking at his line you know kind of hung tough well, didn't go, didn't, to me, if when it, when it's Marco Estrada of all people it pitching against bullshit, that yeah. lineup in that joke of a ballpark, <laughs> no home runs. Okay, fair. I can live yeah, with that. <laughs> like those Crawford boxes, they're like right fucking there. They're just there. They're not very far <laughs> away. It looks like you could throw it, it, throw it, it into the it ball. Is, into the yeah. from home plate. It, it's a very... You have to readjust your expectation. You're just like, you know, oh, fly ball. Oh, wait a second. That's over the top of the fucking train. Okay. Though, though no, not that Grinchick's fucking home run was... Uh, but there was no, there's no, no... Yeah, it wasn't cheap at all. Nothing with that button... No ballpark is holding that bad boy right there. No, uh, the, the I do I like that the, they've taken out the the hill center field. It does. I, I I don't know what it is. I really 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 want to go there and watch a game. 
I'm very like strongly compelled to go there and Arizona are the two places I would just really want to yeah, see a game either. in those two ballparks. Uh, they seem nice. I don't sure. know why. I... <laughs> My mall vibe. I just can't get enough malls. Bring me ballparks that are malls as well as uh, as ballparks. No, no, no ivy, no piss troughs. Give me the mall <laughs> and a pool and a train. Give me all your gimmicks. The green seats, though. Green seats are really nice. All right. I think that's it. Uh, it's going to be uh, Canada Day soon. And so we hope everyone um, enjoys their Canada Day, enjoys their long weekend. Uh, you really anything don't. else, no, anything else don't. that they can, uh, the people can do? And uh, Shohei Otani is coming back, as so I'm, we hope that we can talk about that. I'm sure we will again yeah. another time on uh, Halos all day. I'm sure it's in the God. They're so <laughs> fucking bad, stupid angels. God, they're trash. They can't do anything right. They can't do anything right. Nothing ever works for them. They're so so bad. Uh, so yeah. This is it. Birds all day. Uh, so we want to say thank you for everyone uh, who has listened at any point here in the 2018 season. We appreciate everyone coming back, everyone sharing and saying nice things online when they have the opportunity to do so. Uh, you, of course, can read Stoughton at The Athletic. You can read me at Vice Sports uh, semi-regularly. Uh, and you can go to patreon.com slash birds all day if you want to contribute to our Patreon campaign. Uh, there are lots of them out there, but we've been out there uh, for 172 episodes, so almost uh, three, more than three years now. Uh, so thank you to everyone who's done that. If you're not sure, uh, that's where you can get Patreon exclusive content that we do uh, semi semi weekly now, and uh, it's great. Uh, and we got again, we've got some other stuff. Might do a call in show. Keep your eyes open for that. I got to download an app. That's asking a lot of me, but uh, but yeah, we'll do that. So uh, that'll be for Patreon uh, Patreon people only at first. We'll see how that goes. And, of course, you can do iTunes. You can do SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash birds all day. You can do Facebook, facebook.com slash birds all day. And uh, follow us on yeah, Twitter. I anything else? Have I touched? Have I covered everything? Anything that's missing? I think I got it all. Oh, there we go. I think I got it all. I'm going to hit a button on the thing here. It's going to start playing the music. All right. There we go. You can hear that. This is so wild. Technology. Just killing it. Uh, so so for him, Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. Birds All Day.